0: Well, good morning. Last time we started on on the message, we need more faith. And I was excited about that message and still, I'm still excited about that message. And uh, this is part two of that message. Do we need more faith? Do you need more faith? That's good. Well, today let's talk about it a little bit. Now, I said last week that we have different Ways that we can increase our faith. Different ways. One, we said, was hearing. And, of course, we went to Romans on that one. Our uh, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We also said that faith can increase by knowledge. And we started on a scripture that we'll start on this week and go from there. Also, I want to give you another way. Understanding. Understanding. So let's start in Matthew chapter 13. I mentioned it last week, and I didn't go to the scripture on it, but I want to go to the scripture on it, Matthew chapter 13. We'll start in verse 18. And the backdrop of this is, of course, uh, Jesus was giving them the parable of the soul. So the word, and his, his disciples asked him uh, earlier that, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he explained to them why he was speaking to them, uh, to the the people in parables. And in verse 18, he says, hear then the parable of this soul. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, that's that's us, anybody. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. Now, I want to talk a little about that because if I'm teaching in such a way that you don't understand, we're going to have a problem because we know that you're not going to be able to apply what you have learned or what you heard because the evil one is going to come and snatch it away. So I have to teach in such a way that you understand it. I Also, I believe thoroughly that we have to pray because if we don't pray, sometimes we can hear without ears, but we don't hear with our heart. And so Minerva and I and the prayer, prayer team and everybody, they are, praying, they are praying that we have hearing ears and seeing eyes also because we need to see spiritually. We need to understand what we are hearing. Also, what can interfere with understanding and hearing is if there are a lot of disturbances. So, We try to provide an atmosphere where you're not disturbed, Uh, the sound system is working fine, if your attention is on the sound system, if your attention is on the PowerPoint and things are happening there, then you can really not hear, and then you're not going to understand either. We have to make sure that we hear and that we understand the Word of God. That's very important. Now, why weren't they hearing? because he was teaching the people. Now, his disciples, we know they heard, and we know they had uh, understanding because they would, they would uh, ask him a lot of times, and uh, they, it, was, it was for them to hear the words of the kingdom. Some of the Pharisees, they weren't going to hear. Why wouldn't they hear? What was wrong with their hearing that they wouldn't hear to understand? One of the things that comes out is that I would not understand if I don't want to understand. Really. If you're teaching, if I'm listening to a message on something I really don't want to hear, I don't want any more information, I don't want the information that you're going to give, then I'm not going to understand it because I'm not going to really pay attention to it. And even if I hear what you're saying with my outer ears, I'm not going to make an effort to go search the Scriptures daily to see whether those words be so. You remember the Berean Christians? That's what they did when Paul would speak a word. They would go search the Scriptures to see whether those things would be so. Well, sometimes topics already push the wrong buttons on people. And so if you know what somebody's going to teach on, it's not like the, like the word uh, faith. I said I'm going to teach on uh, increasing our faith. Well some people not, not us in here now but some people uh, the because of in society because of what you've heard before because of other teachings that subject turns you off because of the excesses maybe that somebody's heard before or, 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 or some other ministry or whatever a group of people teaching and, and they automatically think that oh He's going to teach on faith. Okay, he's going to start getting us to try to believe for our pink Cadillacs and all these type of things, you know. And that's not, that's not on my, my heart. It didn't even cross my radar screen. You know? But, see, some people already turn that subject matter off. It could be a subject matter on, uh, you remember, we are teaching on our relationships. You remember Relationship tune-ups in February. And if you're going to teach on women, already, some people, if they hear the S word, submission. As uh, they already turn, I mean they're upset with you already. Already. You see? Already. Because they don't want to hear. And they're not going to change. So, therefore, they're not going to understand what you're saying. They're not going to take it to the word. They're not going to say, Well, God, I have open ears, open eyes, open heart. Teach me, Lord. I am teachable. I want to know. I don't want to be in error. I want to hear what you're saying. I will go to the word and search it out to see what those things be so. But I want to learn, Lord. I'm like a little puppy. You know, I, I'm just excited about the Master. And see, we're supposed to be excited about Jesus. And Jesus is the Word. So when you hear the Word, you're supposed to be excited. That's what you're supposed to be. So that's the, the beginning of what I'm trying to get over to you, is that the, these messages that I'm going to teach, some, some already is going to push buttons the wrong way, some things I'm gonna, I, I will say periodically throughout the series, it might not be fashionable for you. But I guarantee you, it'll be in the Word of God. I guarantee you. And I guarantee you, if you study the Word of God out, then God, by His Holy Spirit, will teach you. You see? And, and if I'm in error, I will tell you, forgive me, I missed it. Because I want to be in humility. I don't want to be in pride. Let's turn to the scripture that I used last week, 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22. That was our base scripture that we started with. The bottom line scripture was 22. It reads. For the Lord will not abandon his people. That was the good news last week, remember? That was the good news. And it says, on account of his great name, because the Lord has been pleased. To make you a people for Himself, we said that this was good news. I believe it's good news. Now that's where we want to want to pick it up today, because I didn't finish last week, and I was so excited about it because I know. I know that I have been praying in the name of Jesus Christ. I know I've been praying to, to the Father in the name of Jesus. Scripture tells me something. I know I've been calling out and, under, and, and know the names of God, and we've said some of them, put them on the board, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Kedis, Jehovah uh, Jireh. We've said those things. All of you know those things. But I had not put it into context with the understanding that I, that I was getting here from this word is that God loves me. Yes, he does. I am his. Yes, I am. He's going he's gonna to take me over, not under. It gives me more understanding of though I walk through fire, I will not be burned. It it, it helps me to put these things in context because of his great name, he says, on account of his great name, he's not going to abandon us. So that was good news last week. And so I don't want us to get the impression either that, well, I know what he's trying to do, get us to coerce God, to try to force God to do something. You know, people have done that, well... If you say this, he has to do it. God doesn't have to do anything. God is sovereign. He's God. He's our creator. We can't compel him to do anything. We can't coerce him to do anything. We can't reframe him from doing anything by force. Can we? We can't do that. So I'm not even going there. That's not the issue. And I'm not either trying to say, oh, he's trying to teach that. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what I do. God is still going to take me over and take me through. And I don't have to change a bit. I can, I can stay in sin because I like sin. I don't have to move. God is going to uphold me. I'm not teaching that. Please, don't tell anybody I'm teaching that. Because we know that there are consequences for sin. Can everybody say amen? amen? All the way through the Bible, all the way through his people that he upheld on account of his great name, he sent them into bondage because they kept sinning. Is that correct? But the good news was that he brought them out. <laughs> That he wouldn't abandon them that's the good news. the good news we said it regardless of what you you do, first John uh, comes in a, in a play if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Get up and dust yourself off and keep going so, the good news so it gave me more understanding of how to use that and my wife, you know, she, she told me, she said, well, look, uh, that was a great message. Uh, you know, you start using that message now. I said, oh, my goodness gracious. Why do you think I wouldn't use it? <laughs> so when we were praying uh, last night here in the sanctuary, she said, she, she started calling out, for your great name's sake, God. I said, go ahead on, girl. You know, that's good. That's good. We have to, we have to take the word and we have to use it, don't we? There's no point of hearing a word if we're going to just say, well, oh, that was a good word, you know. Oh, that was a three out of ten. You know, that was all right, you know. Uh, <laughs> and don't do anything with it. Put it in our little notebook, you know, and that's it. No, we're going to use this word. It's the do of the word is justified. Not just a hearer, is it? This, we're talking about all the counsel of God. What do we mean, we said, by his great name? We meant that his, oh, his reputation uh, especially in this one, his fame, his glory. And it's really like his glory on display, gone public. That's what it's like here in 1 Samuel. Are there any more areas that talk about this that can, can increase my faith? Because I want this foundation to be great. I want my foundation to be great in faith. Uh, you're teaching it, but I want to hear it. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Help me with this thing. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 13. I want to show you another one that was really, really, really good. Jeremiah 13:11. Listen to verse 11. For as the waistband clings to the waist of a man, and he's talking about Israel talking to Jeremiah, so I made the whole household of Israel and the whole household of Judah, that's all his people, cling to me, he says, that they may be For me, a people, for renown, for praise, for glory, but they did not listen. Now, what did he say now? It was a, was a, a warning to Israel. He says, for as the waistband clings to the waist of a man, so... I made the whole house of Israel, the whole house of Judah, cling to me, declares the Lord. Now, that means in the New Testament, all of the born again, he says, he's going to make you cling to him just like a waistband. You're not going anywhere, period, nowhere. So anybody who teaches you that, well, you know, you can lose your salvation, well, that's, that's not that's not what I teach. That's not what I read in the Bible. I read in the Bible that there is eternal security for the believer. That you're not going to be plucking in him. You're not going to be plucking me out of his hand. That nobody can pluck you out of his hand. He is, if you if you have given your life to him, just like from the from the beginning to the end, you are his. There is perseverance of the saints. That's what it is. And he's telling them that here. And you know it from history. You know that God is not going to abandon his people. You know that Israel is coming in back in. You know that. You know that this is the way it is. Just like we got drafted in. We were like a, a wild branch. You know that the, the ones that, who the regular branch is going to be drafted back in. It's, it's going to be all going to become the same way through Jesus Christ. But he is not going to abandon his people. And he's not going to abandon you. So don't be thinking about, well, oh, I don't know. Because I asked somebody sometime. Oh, oh, you say, well, yeah, I gave my life to Christ about three or four times. What? You know, come on. Yeah? No. See, they don't know the word. So we have to disciple people, don't we? that they may be for me a people. Now, how are we supposed to be for the Lord? Look what it says. For renown. That's what it says about him. Didn't it? That's what it said about his name. His name, he says that uh, what it means by, by my great name is for his renown, his reputation, his glory, his fame. But he says that we're supposed to be, he's talking to Israel now, we're just translating it over to the New Testament. We're supposed to be for God's renown. That's what we're supposed to be, for his renown. I said, ooh, that's good. That's good. That means my life is supposed to be lived in such a way that when people see, they're going to give glory to God. That's what they're supposed to do. When they hear me, when they see my actions, your actions, the body of Christ's actions, our behavior, they're supposed to praise God. That's what they're supposed to do. That's why we're supposed to be doing good works. That's why we do servant evangelism. That's why we go around and and, and um, clean people's yards, clean the cars free. When we had uh, yard uh, giveaways, yard what people call yard sales, we have good stuff. We told them don't bring in the bad stuff, you know, bring good stuff, and we gave it away because we want to be able to bless people. And people say, why are you doing this? Can I give you a donation? You can't give us nothing. We don't need anything. You say, all we don't want to do is just bless you. Yes, man, say, man, this is, this is odd. Sure it's odd. But God gave to us. He didn't charge us anything. So praise God. It's supposed to be for his praise. We're supposed to be for his glory. How can our lives glorify him? You remember the first of the year, the message that I taught, I said that the, the goal this year, you all forgot it, I know you did, but I'm going to tell you anyway. a uh, that we're supposed to do everything for the glory of God. That's what we said. I said we're going to we'll have a one, one goal, one objective for the year. We tried having five, we tried having three. Uh, you know, we're going to have just one. Everything we do is for the glory of God. Everything. Our marriage is supposed to be for the glory of God. That's what our marriages are, are supposed to be. For the glory of God. Our individual life is supposed to be for the glory of God. What we say is supposed to bring God glory when people hear it. It's supposed to glorify God. When they look at us, even though we don't say anything, they're supposed to see a difference. Why are you smiling on this rainy day when the air show is going on? And we want to see the blue angels, and it's raining. And you're smiling. Why are you smiling? You're supposed to smile every single day that you get up. Smile. Smile at your mate. Smile at your children. I don't care what happens in the scheme of things. It's not that important. Compared to bringing glory to God. It's not that important. Is that correct? all the teens in here that are, that, are, that are born again, you're supposed to be bringing glory to God. In school, regardless of whether you're home school, whether you're public school, whether you're private school, whether you're tutored, it really doesn't matter. Bring glory to God. When you're at home, the way you answer your parents, you're supposed to bring glory to God, VJ, You got it? Bring glory to God. That's what you're supposed to do. Is that, is that correct? Right, that's correct. Because that's what the Word says here. We're supposed to be for His renown, for His glory, for His praise. But see, they didn't listen. But see, they didn't have ears. They, they didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them, did they? But we have the Holy Spirit, don't we? So we, we are hearing, and we can walk this thing out because as, as we die to self, In our flesh, we can now walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's a practice every single day, isn't it? I haven't arrived. I'm sorry, I just haven't arrived. And so I'm practicing every day, and every day I make a mistake, I need to ask for forgiveness because... My goal is to get better and better and better at this thing. Okay? I know I'm not going to arrive because Paul didn't arrive, so I'm going to press towards the mall for the prize of the high calling. That's what I'm going to do. But the good news is that he still wants us to be a praise to him, a renown for him. And we're, we're getting there because I know some of you, and you know me. I'm not what I used to be. You know that? I hear somebody say, "Thank you, Jesus." <laughs> and I know you, and you're not what you used to be either. We are, we are, we are being changed, aren't we? We're being changed, and that's what the Spirit. That's what the. That's what the Word tells me that we are being doing we're supposed to do anyway, aren't we? We're predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what it says, isn't it? In Romans, that's what it says. Let's turn to Exodus, chapter nine, verse thirteen. Are there places that we're supposed to? It says only oh, more than one time here. Yes, it is. Let's start on verse 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For, the time I was, for this time I will send all my plagues on you and your servants and your people so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Verse 15. For if by now I had put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, you would have been cut off from the earth. That means God could have done something if he wanted to, the first thing. He could have done something the first time. Why didn't you, Lord? Why didn't you just come when Moses came the first time before Pharaoh, just wipe him and his household. everybody out? And just let them know who you are. Because the verse 10, it says, But indeed, for this season, I have allowed you to remain in order to show you my power, in order to proclaim my name through all the earth. Woo. That's what he said. He says he, sometimes he doesn't do all of what he could do because he's trying to... Show his power that his name is great in all the earth. God wants his name to be, his fame, his reputation, to go to the ends of the earth. That's what he wants. And we'll share more about that in in later messages why that, that is. But that's what he wants. He wants that to happen. He wants that to happen. He wants everybody... To be saved, doesn't he? He's, he wants all to come into the knowledge of the truth and be saved. What he says is that I want everybody to be able to see my glory, so they'll be without an excuse. In Romans one, it tells us about no one going to have an excuse. We, it so that everyone knows God, but they just refuse to glorify God. How do they know him? Because of all of the things he did. How did the people, all the, um, the, the people, how did Rahab know about God? Because of what he did. What he did. You remember the spies went, and, but she already knew. Oh, I heard about your oh God. Now, you're you going to come here. you going to wipe them out. Hey, save me and my household. Okay, put this, you know, outside the window. And when we see that everybody is yours, bring them in this this room here because everybody else is going to get wiped out. She knew. They knew about the renown of God because of all the things he has done. He's trying to do great and mighty things through us, his church. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get us to see that his glory is at stake. His renown is at stake in everything we do, everything we say at work, every place we go, it is. Because we say we're Christians. Our employers, supposed to, and, and the employees that you have, those who are uh, self-employed and, and they have people working for them, they suppose that when they find out you're a Christian, they say, whoopee, praise God. You know, this is good. That means we're going to succeed. Why are we going to succeed? Because God is for you. you know? I know who your God is. I've heard about him. I know what he did over here to this person right here. I know what they did over this company. They have Christians working for them. I'm glad I have one working for me. Praise God. You know? Do you have any friends? Yeah. It shouldn't be that they don't want us around. We're supposed to be for his renown. Let's look at Isaiah 63, verse 7. Isaiah 63. 7. I shall make mention of the loving kindness of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that God has granted us. The great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he has granted them according to his compassion and according to the abundance of his loving kindness. For he said, surely they are my people, sons who would not deal falsely. So he became their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. Hmm. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. What does that tell us? Yeah. Yeah. When, when the Hebrew children went into the furnace, fire furnace, three of them went in, right? But who did they see? Saw another one, a fourth one, right? Yeah. Sometimes we think that we're going through this thing by ourselves, and that's why people sometimes, they say, well, well if the Lord had been with me, if he was, the is And so sometimes they, sometime they, they, they um, say, I don't want to serve him anymore because if he let this happen, da-da-da-da-da. We have to know that in all of our affliction, he's afflicted. He cares. He cares for us. He knows what you're going through. It said, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his mercy, he redeemed them. Isn't that good? And he lifted them and carried them. It didn't say he just walked with them. He carried them. All the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned himself and became their enemy." He fought against them. Then his people remembered the days of old, of Moses, where he is, where he who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherds of his flock. Where is he who put his Holy Spirit in the midst of them? Who calls his glorious arm to go at the right hand of Moses, Who divided the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name? Who led them through the depths? Like the horse in the wilderness, they did not stumble. As the cattle which go down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. Now, all this is even though. Even though they rebelled. Even though they uh, grieved the Holy Spirit. It said that he led his people so you lead, you led your people to make for yourself, what's those two words? A glorious name. Isn't that great? He led, he led the people, even though, to make for himself a glorious name. Now that gives me confidence. This is it's all the way through the scriptures, all the way through the scriptures. Psalm 106. Let's turn to Psalm 106. It's all the way through the scripture. Verse 7 and 8. It says, Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember your abundant kindness. But they rebelled by the sea, at the Red sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for the sake of his name. That he might make his power known. All I'm doing is giving you other places in the Scripture that say the same thing that we talked about last week. I don't care what Israel did or didn't do. God did not abandon them. He didn't. He didn't. And some of us struggle with sometimes hearing the voice of God because we don't know what he's saying in situations. I know I have at times struggled to say, God, what are you saying in this situation? And I I don't know what he's saying. You might not be like that, though. You might always know. You're never making mistakes of hearing the voice of God. But I make, you know, these mistakes of saying, God, I thought you said this. Hmm. Did you say this, though? And I told you that, you know, uh, times before, is that some decisions that we have to make are serious decisions. They're serious decisions. It can mean uh, a big big deviation if you make the wrong move. But God is not going to allow you to make a wrong move, even though you think the move might be wrong. Staying still is Sometimes the right move, and you don't know why it's the right move to stay still. All your flesh says that I need to be doing something. Maybe I need to, I need to go over here. I need to go over there. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. Uh, no, 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 no. Just be still and wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Okay? I don't care if everything looks like it might be going wrong. Stay and wait for the Lord. I don't care if, if Saul is throwing spears at you, stay and wait on the Lord. You see, because once you, you know the Lord, as you read the word and you see all those types of things, once you know the word, word of this thing, you say, well, this looks like it might not be true, what God is saying in here. This might not be what he wants me to do. Maybe I need to, maybe I didn't hear right. David maybe could have said that. You know, Samuel anointed me, but everything started happening contrary to this thing when that happened. I thought I was doing a good thing for the Lord because I went out and and, and, uh, fought Goliath when nobody else was fighting. I thought things were going to be pretty good. Then the king put me as an armor bearer for him. And I'm just a teenager. Why do he want me to be an armor bearer? I got brothers as big and tall and all that. Why he want me to be an armor bearer? He got all these great men of valor. Why he want me to be? A, but I'll be one if he wants me to be one. He's king. Maybe I can be mentored by him. Because, you know, no, no telling what might happen. My brothers might like me even though they didn't, you know. What happened? God was with them, wasn't he? And and the women started saying, oh, Saul, you know, killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Women don't do that. (laughs) And then Saul got angry. Things kept getting worse and worse and worse. David had what was supposed to be a sure word, the anointing from the prophet, that you're going to be the king, the next king. David had to take his uh, family, put them somewhere, and he had to leave them. Do you know he he wasn't with his family? He wasn't with his family. His mother and all of them, he had to put them somewhere. He He didn't see them anymore for a while. He was, he was running, hiding in caves and doing all that kind of stuff. He was trying to protect them. So he, he was, Sometimes God. Why, why would God do that? God wants us to be, you know, um, be with our family and stuff like that. Is that true? Is that true? He told, he told Abram to leave your, your family, didn't he? He wanted to take his father in the way. He did want to take. Well. You know. Sometimes. It looks bad. Sometimes it looks bad. Sometimes situations are bad. But you just stay with it. Stay with it. The word of God. Stay with it. If you know you're not in sin, stay with it. Because God is going to answer you. Do you hear me? He's going to answer you. He'll do it with anybody. You should know that by now. You should know it because you should know it through the life of Joseph. He gets to... The dreams. When you get dreams, don't tell them about it. Because, you see, you might, they might get jealous. And things didn't go well for him, did it? Did it go well for him just because he dreamed these dreams? And told the dreams? It was going to go bad for him anyway. Anyway. The purpose of God is going to have to be worked out. He has to work In us, as I said, the character, don't we? That is his great name. The character. Isn't it? The goodness. The fruit of the spirit for us as as Christians. God has to work that in us because how are you going to lead? How are you going to rule? How are you going to be a renown for him, a praise for him, a glory for him if we haven't been developed in that way? And when we get mad... The flesh comes out. Right? It could have come out with, with Joseph if God wouldn't have taken him through those things. He could have come out. He see his brothers. He said, Huh, praise God, I finally see them. You know, he could have hung them by their toes. You know? He probably would have if if God hadn't taken them through all those th- things, and he see the goodness of God, the glory of God. I don't care what happened to him. Uh, when he was accused of, of, of rape, he didn't do anything, but he's in prison for it. But God was with him, wasn't it? God was with him. <laughs> God elevates you into prison. It doesn't matter. God is good. We need that, those, those, those words from God. And so this is the most important thing. I said, I said God, this is, this is really good, you know, that nevertheless he saved him for the sake of his name. And I was going to go to another verse, but what I think I'll, I'll go to is Numbers. I want I'm going to go to Numbers and close it out there. I, I think I don't need to give you any more examples of, of, of the, his great name. Do I need to give you any more examples? No. Come on, sir. no. If you want more examples, read them for yourself. Go to your Bible. No. And in Numbers 14. And I, I want to read you, uh, I need to give you, give you one, of the, one of the scriptures that I had for you. Um, write it down. You, you don't have to turn to it. I want you to write it down. This is Psalm 38. And um, it says that, verse 1 and 2, it says, I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing praises to you before the gods. I will bow down toward your holy temple. And give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For your name, for your loving kindness, and for your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all your name. Now, David is giving this, this praise. In some verses, he's magnified his word above all his name, okay? Mine don't read that way, but uh, some do read it that way. But the, but the whole thing is that you're not going to be able to separate your word from your name. It was a time where, Jason, we could go, and this is in the old days now, in old days, okay? Back in the, in the 50s and 40s and 60s, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and you could, you could go and, and get something from the store and say, put it on, put on the bill. You don't have to sign nothing. You don't have to do anything. If you want to seal a deal, you just shake hands. That's it. Just shake hands. It is sealed. It's done. Your word is your bond. It's your name. It's your name. That's all you have to do. Shake hands. That's it. That's why people, uh, they, 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 they don't really understand a lot of times when I, when I do weddings. Uh, you, you remember Jesse and Kim, I had you to take right hands. And, and, and some people, in know, they, they kind of grin. I well, wonder why are you taking right hands, you know. You're still in the deal. Right hands, you shake with your right hand. I don't care if you're left hand. You shake hands. my wife's left hand. You shake hands with your right hand. That's it. That's it. It's done. And when I closed, I said, they have given themselves in solemn vows. They have, uh, you know, taken right hands. They have taken the hands. They're, they're saying the same thing. In other words, your name is your word. It is. I was standing there uh, in, in worship, and uh, I had this, this thought came to me. I said, God, I... Uh, that's so important because that's what I'm closing on. And here's said, turn revelations. And I got my Bible out. And I started turning Revelation. revelation. Uh, probably somebody Muhammad thought, thought, so, oh, he's going to get a word or something. No, it's just a thought that came to me. I had to, I had to check this thought out. Because God speaks to you, doesn't he? Amen. Can he speak to you during worship? Yeah, yeah he can. Praise God. You remember the, the prophet, uh, he was going, the king asked, well, give me a word. He said, well, give, give me a minstrel. Let him play. Start playing. Oh, sweet sound of music brings out the prophetic. Okay, so anyway, here is, he said, go to that side. Found, Found verse 11 says, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true. He is called what? Faithful and true. Faithful. He's faithful. Now, God, we know that, don't we? God is faithful. How often is he faithful? All the time, isn't it? How often is he good? All the time. God is faithful. Can you separate? That's what he's called, faithful. Can you separate his name from his word? In verse 13 it says, He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So His name is the Word of God. How can you separate His name from His Word? Because His name is called the Word of God. So if God says it, that's it. It's settled. It's done. Because you can't separate His Word from His name. And if The whole foundation we're talking of faith is going to go deep, deep, deep. Talking about the greatness of his name, he's going to uphold it. We've gone through the scriptures. We know that if you get a word from God right here, and we have plenty of them, six or six uh, books of it, don't we? Then we can say, oh, God has said, do not lie. Give me some revelation on that. No, 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 no. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. You know. Can we stand on it? If he says that that we're created for his glory, can we stand on it? Right? Can he? If he says that you can't take, no one can take him out of Palmer's hands. Can you stand on it? Now, numbers. We'll close on numbers. This is a case where the people, of course, you know that they sent spies out, 12 of them. They came back. Ten of them gave an evil report. And um, we'll pick it up there. They explained what they saw. They, they, They got afraid because they saw the giants. Verse 1 of 14. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and, and, and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not have been better? For us to return to Egypt, my goodness gracious. Now, this is another case I'm telling you. Stand still. When things are rough, stand still because God is about to do something. I don't know when, but he's about to do it. Stand still. Stay where you are. Stay put. You know, don't, 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 don't get all upset, but you don't understand uh, this man that, that, that the Lord gave me, you don't un- Yes, I do understand. You know, God understands. Stay with it. Don't worry about it. Things going to come out. You just do your part. Work on you. Verse 4. So they said to one another, Let us, let, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. And that was a wise person, wasn't it? Need to need need just. Well, I won't say it. Uh, then, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation and the sons of Israel. All leaders remember that verse. When things get rough, people come against you. Get on your face before the God. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jeshua, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of sons of Israel, saying, The land which we have passed through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of this land, for they shall be prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. It seemed like he's, he's probably... Knows something, doesn't it? But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting. And all the sons of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, how long will this people spurn me? How long will they not believe me? Despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst. I will smite them with pestilence and dispossess them. And I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. Okay, listen, leaders of homes and leaders of companies. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear it, for by your strength you brought this people from their midst. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard of you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye. While your cloud stands over them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you slay this people as one man, then the nations who have heard of your fame, his fame is his name. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to say, because the Lord could not bring this people into the land which he promised them by oath, therefore, he slaughtered them in the wilderness. But now, I pray, let your power, the power of the Lord be great. Just as you have declared. What is he about to do? He's, he's about to quote to the Lord what the Lord has said. When you, when you know what the Lord has said... All you have to do, let the Lord know, Lord, this is what you said. You said for me to do this, to do that. Now, everything is breaking loose. And it's not good, Lord. This is what the Lord said. Now, he said this back in Exodus chapter 33, 34. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, but he will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generations. And all he did is quoted what the Lord told him. You remember when he hid Hit him in the cliff of the rock and then he passed by and he proclaimed this, who he was. Then the man of God says, Pardon, I pray. The iniquities, the iniquities of this people according to the greatness of your loving kindness just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even to now. So what does the Lord going to say? Hey, look, do you know who I am? I'm sorry, I do what I want to. I don't, have to do, I don't have to do anything. What did he say? Verse 20. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. Now, does that, that mean now it, that anything Moses says, he can say anything he wants to, God going to do it? No, it doesn't say that. Why did the Lord say, I, I pardon this, according to your word? Because he quoted God's word. He said, according to your word. His word was God's words. Our words must be God's words. What has God said to you? Listen to what he said. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. He hasn't, he hasn't changed, has he? Even though I'm going to part gonna the whole earth still going to be filled with my glory. He wants us to participate, right? He does. The good news was that, again, here we saw both of them in action. Because of God's great name, because of his fame, because he, he wants the whole earth filled with his glory, he still, he's, already, he's already done it. He says, that I'm going to pardon my people. I'm going I'm to bring them in. Even though they do this, even though they do that, all I need is a man. A woman. I need somebody to stand in the gap. I need somebody to be able to quote my my word to him. I need somebody to be able to to, to, uh, do what Moses did. Moses was an intercessor. Moses stood in the gap. Jesus is an intercessor. Do you understand that we have to be that for our families? We have to be that for our children. We have to be that for our nation. We have to be intercessors. Somebody has to stand in the gap. Because all we have to know is that God's fame going to go out through the whole earth. Believe me, it's not there yet. It's not there yet. Somebody was telling me that today that uh, I'm glad that the world didn't come to the end. I said, the world come to the end? I said, who said that? I didn't know anything about that. I said, somebody said that? Yeah, somebody said that. I said, well, I wouldn't even pay any attention to anybody saying something like that. They don't know what they're talking about. Because the word said that nobody knows that, that Jesus doesn't know. <laughs> Only the Father knows that if Jesus doesn't know. What do you think? Some come on. Come on. You got to know what, what God said. You know what God said, you can stand on it, right? Come on. <laughs> I said, I, I get excited about the word of God, I'm gonna tell you. Because it, that's who he is. And we saw it right there that he's going to take us. He's going to take us through. He's going to take us in. You know? Believe me, he's going to do that because of his great name. And he loves us too, doesn't he? Stand in your feet. I'm trying to build our faith. We want to have greater faith, don't we? I don't want it said of us. O ye of little faith. We want to have great faith. And since faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, we need to hear it. we need to hear it, don't we? Since faith comes by knowledge, we want to gain more knowledge. Since faith also is increased by understanding, we want to gain understanding. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. It is good. We thank you, Father, that it is your name. Your robe was dipped in blood. It's written on it, the word of God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We can't separate your word from your name. It's one and the same. In the beginning was the word. <laughs> the word was with God. And the word was God. We thank you, Father. It gives us more determination to trust you more. Because you have said some things to us. We have said with our mouths that you led us to do this or do that. And if you did it then... You haven't changed your mind. Even though all stuff is breaking loose in some areas, even though our marriage might not be the way we want it to be the way it will be, even though our children are not the way they are supposed to be, but we know they're going to get there also, Because we know what the end result is. We know what you have said, Lord. You're not going to abandon us. So I know that in my word, the word of God. I can have confidence. I can call those things to be not as though they were because I've called them what you called them, Lord. I can stand in the midst of the storm at work and at places, and people wonder why I don't worry. Why I'm not anxious about this, I can say because of the name of the Lord, because of his fame, because of his glory, because of his renown, because I'm his, and he will not abandon me. So, regardless of what they're doing at work, regardless of what they say about this company. it doesn't matter I don't care what they say about this economy it doesn't bother me you don't wring your hands when the economy goes bad things don't change in heaven we call down things from heaven on earth that thou will be done in heaven and on earth as it is in heaven So we thank you for it, Lord. If there's anyone here that you'll say, well, I need to give my life to the Lord today because I want to be associated with that name of renown, then raise your hand and put it back down. We'll pray for you. If there's anyone here that you say, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord because I haven't been living for the Lord, then just raise your hand and put it back down. We'll pray for you. Today, be encouraged, saints. Be encouraged. God is for you. He's for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Those are the words of the Lord. So I'm just quoting what he has said. And I hope you believe and trust in the Lord. Because it's his great name we're standing on.